Gazette Newspapers presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Thank you, Scott Geezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me for the Parting Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York. Well, I was all set to help preview the Union UMass uh, two-game series this weekend as the Dutchman gets, we're going to get set to face the defending national uh, champions. But uh, Thursday morning, uh, Union Athletics announced that the games between uh, Union and UMass were postponed, and it's, it has to do with the uh, uptick in the COVID-19 uh, uh, situation here, in, in not only here in the Capital Region, but elsewhere around the country. And we're seeing with uh, some of the other uh, college athletic programs. Uh, UAlbany basketball, men's basketball, women's basketball had games postponed. Siena had a game postponed. The men's basketball team at the women's basketball team also had some games postponed. And as a time of, I'm taping this uh, at 12.30 on Thursday, the Union women's basketball team was still scheduled to play Middlebury. Uh, the Union's women's basketball team played a UAlbany team, a basketball team on Tuesday. Uh, UAlbany only had eight players for that game. So, uh, so that was kind of a strange night there. It's been a strange couple weeks. Uh, Union's uh, athletics announcement on Thursday came a week after the, uh, the school announced that uh, fans attending indoor events would not only have to wear face masks while inside watching the games, but they had to bring a proof of uh, vaccination, and that caused some consternation on the uh, message boards around uh, on Facebook and elsewhere. And I you know, saw a lot of people a lot of complaining a lot about it. But you know what? If you want to get through this, when we get this uh, virus out of the way, let's let's try to you know be be diligent, uh, diligent with this thing. It's just crazy that people don't want to uh, you know they don't want to poo poo this uh, uh, virus, and it's it's getting worse, and it's going to get worse before it gets better. And people got to wake up. I mean, get vaccinated. I've, I've gotten three shots so far. I mean, I've been knock on wood. Uh, I haven't gotten. Uh, uh, the, the Omicron virus as of yet, and I mean, who knows what's going to happen. I, I pray that I don't, but uh, at least I know I, I'm vaccinated for it, and, and if I do get it, at least, at least I know I'll be uh, you know, in decent shape uh, because of the vaccine. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a shame that the Union's not going to be able to play their games this weekend. It would have been a lot of fun to uh, see how they would uh, stack up against uh, UMass the defending national champions. I did speak with their uh, UMass head coach, Greg Carville, uh, on Tuesday, I'll plan an interview, um, most of that interview for you. I, uh, so obviously some <laughs> uh, topics now uh, out of date because of the fact that uh, uh, the games are uh, postponed. And it, uh, there's no rescheduled dates as of yet. But quite honestly, uh, with uh, conference play dominating the way for both teams uh, as we enter 2022, I'm not sure uh, if there's going to be any good time for these teams to make up those games. So... It would not shock me if we see an announcement later that um, games are canceled. And one other thing, when I'm thinking about it, uh, the fact that RPI, which is playing Thursday afternoon against Vermont, a game that was originally scheduled to be played at RPI, was announced last Friday, uh, a nice Christmas Eve news dump, that the uh, game was switched to uh, Burlington, Vermont, because RPI was just taking precautions as well. Uh, both RPI and Union students will be on remote learning to start the second semester. Union starts its second semester early next week and RPI in the middle of January. So, uh, And we saw some ECAC hockey games postponed. Uh, the Quinnipiac Princeton series that was scheduled for Sunday and Monday was postponed because of some uh, issues within the Princeton 
uh, program with uh, with COVID-19. So uh, we're starting to see games uh, getting affected by this. And uh, down the road, who's knows what's going to happen? Now, Union, uh, the men at least don't play uh, at home for a while. They, their next four games will be on the road. They're at, um, they'll be like I said, they're on the road uh, the next couple weeks. They'll be at Dartmouth uh, next Friday and then Harvard on that Saturday. Uh, January 8th, and then the following weekend, January 14th and 15th, it's the uh, North Country trip to uh, St. Lawrence and Clarkson. So Union won't be home again until the 21st when it takes on uh, Brown. Meanwhile, the Union women's hockey team not scheduled to play again until uh, into the new year. They, their next game will be at Yale on January 7th and uh, at Brown on January 8th. They're back home. Uh, January 14th and 15th when Princeton and Quinnipiac come to uh, Mesa Rink. On Tuesday, I should say, I'm sorry, on Wednesday, uh, Union uh, had a Zoom call with head coach Rick Bennett and several players, including Liam Robertson. And if you did not see my story in uh, Thursday's Daily Gazette, and it's online at dailygazette.com, uh, Liam Robertson uh, uh, confirmed that he missed the main series a couple weeks ago. Because he uh, contracted COVID-19, he was isolated uh, for a few days, and uh, I'll have a little sound from him about that. Uh, I asked Rick Bennett about the situation uh, with COVID, and uh, if uh, everybody has to be vaccinated, he said, uh, in order to be able to play for the hockey team. Uh, I asked him about if there's anybody in safety uh, protocols right now. Yes. Yeah, everyone's vaccinated. Uh, That's a school rule, too. So... That actually helps us, uh, that everyone is vaccinated. And, you know, knock on wood, as of today, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're doing well. So, you know, that's a, that's a possible. No one's in, pro- no one's in protocol at this point? Uh, let's just say we're, we're doing well. Uh, I can't, I can't confirm or deny that one as of, as of yet. And as I mentioned, uh, Union sophomore forward Liam Robertson uh, missed the main series uh, two weekends ago. And the Dutchman could have used him. They had a tie and a loss uh, up there. Because Liam Robertson scored the overtime uh, goal against Princeton uh, earlier this month, that one nothing victory. Um, I, I asked him uh, about uh, the fact that uh, if he had COVID, because uh, Rick Bennett was co- sort of coy about who was had COVID, who had injured, because he, uh, Robertson, along with Gabriel Seeger, missed the uh, main series, and he would only Rick Bennett would only say one guy was injured, one guy had was ill. That's all he would say. He never never said he had COVID. But um, I asked Liam Robertson if he was the one who had COVID, and he uh, confirmed he did. And we talked a little bit about that on a Zoom call. Tuesday, maybe the Wednesday, I found out. And, uh... Wasn't really much to it. I just had to really pack up and head to a hotel for ten days, so I didn't really get much time to think about it. What was it like being isolated for ten days? Uh, it was crazy. Uh, you start to go a little insane, but seeing the same four walls for ten days without leaving, but uh, it's, uh, it's a lot better than fourteen days like it was before. But uh, it's not that bad. It's, it's going to be worse. Coming up. You'll hear my interview with UMass head coach Greg Carville as we conducted on Tuesday before all this came down with the announcement that the games would be postponed. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast. 
The pro football season is here, and it's time to play the Daily Gazette You Pick'em Football Contest. Predict the winners of the weekly games via your You Pick'em online account. The fan with the most correct points each week gets his or her name in the Daily Gazette on Thursday and wins a $100 ShopRite grocery card. The fan with the most overall points after 23 weeks wins a $1,000 travel voucher and could win a trip to Hawaii. For official rules, go to dailygazette.com slash football. The You Pick a Football Contest is run by the Daily Gazette Advertising Department and not associated with the Daily Gazette Sports Department. Hi, this is Union College Hockey TV analyst Brian Unger. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast with Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Welcome back to the podcast. My guest guided the UMass Minutemen to their first NCAA hockey title last April, and he is in his sixth season with the program. Please welcome Greg Carvel. Greg, uh, good to catch up with you again. It's been a while, my friend. And as Ken, always a pleasure. I look forward to this. Uh, appreciate you coming on. I know it's uh, getting ready to uh, come to Union this weekend. Um, that's yeah, It's been eight months since you guys won the national title. Um, and I know all coaches and athletes say you know, they're focused on the task at hand, not worry about what happened in the past. But how much did winning that title last April mean not only to you but the program, especially in dealing you know, dealing with the p- p- uh, pandemic last year? Yeah, lots of good and, and some bad that goes with it. Uh, the bad is uh, you lose players. We lost a couple of players early that we weren't necessarily expecting to. Um, and what ended up happening is we had, we had 10 new players in our team in the fall. And that's a pretty significant portion of your of your roster. And it takes time. It just takes time to incorporate new players, especially that many. Um, so that was... Uh, that's been one of the difficult things. The other thing is, is you get the best uh, of the other, of your opponent. You know, people are excited to play you, excited to take a shot at the champion. And we've noticed that this year that uh, we'll watch teams a pre-scout, and then we play them. We're like, geez, that they were a lot better than we expected them to be. Um, so those things, and then we uh, add on top of it a lot of injuries in the first half. We were we played a number of games without five or six of our of our top nine forwards. So uh, we scratched and clawed and. Uh, we found ways to to get to overtime a lot of nights. We, we've we've scored late in games and a, a number of times to to get to a tie to get to overtime. So it's been an uneven year. Uh, hoping to get healthy here. We, we are healthy again. Uh, hoping that uh, we can uh, avoid COVID and play some games in January. Yeah, I mean, what did it mean for the program to win that title last April? I mean, obviously the first one in program history and. Uh, you you, know, you came into the situation when the team had only won just I think five or eight, or eight games uh, back in 2016, and it just to get to that level, I mean, did you expect to have a championship within five years of joining the program? Of course not, and you know nobody would. Um, yeah, they they won eight games the year before I came in, and we won five my first year, so we we took it to an even lower level, but we were able to. You know, we had Ben Barr here. You know Ben well from his time at Union. Mm-hmm. He helped build a championship team there, and he helped build build the championship team here. Um, so it, I came in here with the idea that there were good resources, that there was was a good foundation and a skeleton to, to build a strong program. Uh, I got very fortunate with the people I hired. Uh, we brought in great kids. We've had the highest GPA of any athletic team in campus the last three years. We just we brought in really good people, held them to high standards, and, and good things have happened. We've played in the last two national championship games, so I don't 
look at as our championship as a fluke. I think we've we've flew up the ladder pretty quickly, but uh, I think we've earned it. I think we've earned every step of the way, and we're you know currently a top ten team again this year, and that's that's what we want to be year in and year out. How much did playing in that 2019 uh, Frozen Four help you guys in 2021? Obviously, we know we didn't, there was no uh, tournament in 2020. Yeah, that was the biggest uh, propeller in our in our growth. Uh, Duluth at that time, uh, I can't remember when, when they beat us. If that was their second or third, uh, I think it was their second. The, the, the third, I was the third. I thought I think it was the third title that they won. Um, I think I think they were going for three this last year when we, when we beat them in the, in the semifinals. But playing them, it just really showed. We, we, we were pretty much felt dominated in that game. We lost three nothing. Never really felt like we were had much momentum, um, and they just just really uh, showed me this is the level that you need to be at to win a championship. And then we had two years to grow as a program, and then played Duluth again last year in the semis. We were very shorthanded. We had four kids out with COVID, three, our starting goalie, our leading goal scorer, and, and then a big power forward. So we were very shorthanded, found a way to, to, to get the game to overtime. Then we were pretty good in overtime and, and won that game. So Duluth has been a big part of our growth as a program. I've done respect for that, the program and coaches there. And we've, we've tried to model ourselves after them. Yeah. I know you were very emotional after you guys beat St. Cloud in that championship game. Because it was just a couple weeks uh, earlier that Maine head coach Red Genron had uh, died suddenly. What did Red mean to you? Uh, you know, I wasn't super tight with Red. Red coached at UMass for a while, so we had that connection. But when I got to Hockey East, Red was the one coach that really took me under his wing and, and made me feel uh, accepted and welcomed. And I think we saw each other as similar coaches with similar programs, blue-collar type of programs, and our teams played the game the same, so I think we had a, we had a connection that, that he did a great job fostering. And then again, his his connection of having coached at UMass, uh, you know, he he put together some really good teams during his time here. They went to NCAA tournaments and played in hockey's championship game. So, um, you know, I, I was emotional after that game. It, it wasn't just red, as you know, as we talked about at the beginning of this interview. You know, we're very much a you know a feel good story, going from a last place team to national champions. But people don't don't realize that there's a lot of pain getting there. That you know the, the last couple of years have been you know great and had a lot of recognition. But the first couple of years when that we won five games that first year, it was a lot of a lot of hard times, and it wasn't just on the ice. It was you know, you know uprooting families and and. and trying to earn respect and getting your face rubbed in it a number of times. And um, so the emotional part was remembering that it wasn't easy getting there. And of course you, nothing worth anything is as easy. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned that and I'm just thinking back to, and I'm, as we've mentioned, I mentioned to you before we started this interview, I mean, I've covered, I covered my 26th season covering union and the first 25 years of their division one existence. For a long time, I, I wondered if you know it was worth for them them going to Division One. They weren't giving out scholarships; they were getting beat you know, a lot. They had a couple good seasons in that first decade of Division One, but it, it took a while. You know, first you know, under Kevin Snedden, and then Nate Lehman, and then Rick Bennett. 
I mean, it also wants to, can you see similarities between you guys and Union? Yeah, you know, I when I coached at St. Lawrence, when I my first couple years at St. Lawrence, we we would take beatings by Union, and Nate had just left. Rick, you know, Rick was coaching a group of kids that he had recruited, and they were they were power. You know, just I really respected the teams. They, they had good offense and just played the game the right way, and that's you know what Rick Bennett is, and I got tremendous respect for Rick. Um, and I think that's all we try to do here, uh, just bring in good people and, and hold them to high standards and make them play the game the right way. We we don't have any U.S. national program kids on our team. We don't have, you know, for, we didn't have a lot of draft picks here for a while. We're starting, you know, now that we've won a championship, those kind of kids are, now they'll look at UMass. But you know, we won't forget the kind of kids that, that got us to where we are at. It's kids that... You know, like Union, we've got to we got to get kids with a chip on their shoulder that, you know, BU and BC and North Dakota, you know, aren't don't want. So, you know, we know where we're at the packing order. Just because we won a national championship, it doesn't it hasn't changed a lot. We're still going to try to find the highest character kids we can. How much does that help the program to have a guy like Kale McCarr out there who's doing well with Colorado? And of course, before you got to UMass, Jonathan Quick. Yeah, those guys they help a lot, especially uh, when you they connect uh, UMass to them when they, you're watching the game. The, the announcers will mention that. Um, really important, you know. We, we, UMass has got a, a sneaky number of uh, alumni in the NHL. They, I know it's it's pretty it's pretty impressive, and you know we're hoping to to add those numbers. We've got good kids here, and we're doing. I think we're doing a good job developing and. Um, you know, it's it's great for the program when you can more you, you hear your school's name in the any kind of national media. It's, it helps a lot. I think one of the more memorable scenes I remember from the NCAA tournament was your mad dash on the ice in Bridgeport after you won the East Regional, so you get the, the uh, team picture. Uh, how did you avoid not slipping on the ice? <laughs> well, it was COVID, so you know we were all wearing quarter zips and sneakers. Nobody was wearing suits and dress shoes, mm-hmm. so that. I wouldn't have tried it without, uh, you know, with dress shoes on. Uh, but the game was over, and the ice was roughed up, and we spent half our time on the ice. So we know what, we, what we're capable of, and I knew I'd, I'd run into a bunch of players. They, they most likely wouldn't let me crash to the ground. So I got lucky. <laughs> you mentioned Ben Barr earlier in the uh, here. Uh, of course, the Capital Region uh, hockey fans remember Ben well of his days at RPI as a player and Union as a assistant coach. Now he's coaching there at Maine. Uh, how happy are you that he got a head coaching job? Well, it was, you know, of course, bittersweet for me. Um, he It seemed like he was a, a runner-up every year he was here. We were five years together, and every year he was the runner-up for another job. And, you know, I, I feel fortunate that we had that long of time together. You know, we don't win a national championship without him on our staff with the, you know, recruit, not just recruiting, but he really helped educate me as a head coach, you know, to how you, how things are done in hockey, the standard of how you need to run your program. And he, he was very educational for me. Cause I came up my, you know, my growth as a coach was uh, in the professional levels. I coached in the NHL for 12 years. Well, I never really, never really did the recruiting, um, slog that, that most coaches have to do. I, 
you know, I'm very fortunate just have a different background. So I leaned on Ben a lot to uh, um, just things I didn't know about this level of hockey. And, you know, after his time with Union and Providence, helping build national championship teams there and Western as well. So Ben, Ben was huge. And more than any of that, he's one of the finest people I've ever um, been able to work with and just really good friend, really good person. Of course, happy for him. And, you know, he's, he's going through year one, which, you know, we, we, we talk once in a while and laugh about it. But, you know, he's just got to win five games in year one. That's, that's the standard. So he's, he's hoping he can get to that. Uh, but Maine will have better days there. Thanks to Greg Carvel for uh, taking a few minutes with me on Tuesday. Uh, that'll wrap things up. We'll let you know, as always, uh, the ECAC Hockey Faceoff selections. Uh, if you want to participate, uh, you can do so. I post my picks every Wednesday, and I look forward to your participation in it. You can email your picks to me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. That's also the email address where you can uh, have questions for the podcast or college hockey questions that you uh, want answered. I will be happy to do so. And that'll do it. I appreciate you listening to this uh, edition of the Parting Shots podcast. I'm sorry we won't have any uh, post-game uh, podcasts this weekend, but uh, look forward to be uh, doing some more college hockey talk next week and uh, down the road. Hopefully uh, we'll get some games back on, uh, in and uh, don't have to worry about this virus anymore, but i got a sneaking suspicion we're going to see uh, – uh, some, up, some upturns in uh, the schedule situation and all that stuff. I, I pray we don't, but it's it's not looking good, I think, right now. But uh, I appreciate you listening. We'll be back with another edition of the podcast next week. So I hope you listen. And I hope you listen to uh, the podcast I posted on Wednesday where we, uh, sports after the Daily Gazette, look back at the uh, year in sports in 2021. And I had a tribute to uh, NFL icon John Madden, who died on Tuesday. The views expressed on the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of Gazette newspapers. The Parting Shots podcast is a production of Gazette newspapers. I'm Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Parting Shots podcast studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good hockey, and happy new year.